my spider sense is tingling. That must mean it is time for another exciting episode of The Devil's Due. Welcome to this week's episode, folks. We are excited for you to join us. With me, as always, is the black costume Spider-Man to my scarlet spider costume Spider-Man, Mr. Drew Celestino. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Cracking it open. It's time. It's time. It's Friday night. Let's 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 do the thing. Uh I need this, Carl. I'm still um I I need this and a cigarette and I don't even smoke. Uh yeah. a- after yeah. after last night's um bombardment. <laughs> I wasn't yeah. ready for all that. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah. We're going to get to that. Over time. <laughs> 2020, as far as the debate of the worst year ever, 2020 has officially been upgraded to a push. <laughs> uh, I think we're still kind of a, a net a net negative, but I'll, I'll, I'll allow, today I'll allow it. <laughs> so, and, you know, I forgot to mention my name, which is Carl Duty. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay, folks, we got to do some stuff here. Listen. Uh, there was, we had a bunch of stuff planned before yesterday and we're still going to do that stuff. And as much as we would love to just go over everything that happened yesterday, we're recording this on Friday night was December 11th. Yesterday was Disney's, uh, shareholder meeting where they, uh, just rolled out everything they're doing for the next couple of years. They they just dropped a (laughs) metric ton of happy, happy, joy, joy. They, they they dropped trow and, uh, we were not prepared for what they were packing. (laughs) No, no, we weren't. So you're getting an episode this week and you're getting an episode next week. And we have guests on both episodes. So as much as we love what Disney did yesterday, their timing couldn't have been worse as far as it come as far as it pertains to our happy little show here. We're going to get to as much as we can, but we're not going to do yeah. it all right now. <laughs> right. So tonight, uh, t- this week's episode is going to focus on the Marvel side of the uh, the news because going into this week's episode we were originally planning on primarily talking about a lot of the spider-man news that's been happening we're still going to be doing that um and then we're going to talk about the many 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 offerings coming down the pipe from marvel studios uh and then after that we have a very special guest to talk to uh as you heard in our last episode we acknowledged the decision made by uh warner brothers to release their entire 2021 theatrical slate onto hbo max and we felt that the scope of that decision uh called for input and uh retrospective that is more expert than ours i know it kind of sounds blasphemous to say that as we are the living embodiment of all human knowledge on existence and that's why you come to us (laughs) right right (laughs) Uh uh-huh but we so we do we do have a very special guest on the show an expert in economics and marketplace behaviors uh mr paul depiro jr will be joining us later on in the show um and for these next couple episodes folks listen 
we love you. We love hearing from you. Your emails, especially the past couple episodes, have been fantastic. And But for right now, we're just going to scale them back a little bit to, you know, nothing. <laughs> and again, it's not because we don't want to do them. We do. But folks, there is just so much to go over. So really quickly, Drew, how has your week been? Uh, pretty good. Uh, not a ton to really announce. But I think, Carl, we might have had a turning point um, this week. In, in fact, oh? uh, Saturday and then um, tonight might, might have been the clincher, but it's, un, it's unsure. So um, Saturday evening uh, is when I typically watch Mando. Um, so hence why we typically don't do the Mando, uh, well, we've, we've avoided talking about Mando on this show recently since season two started, mostly because I will, I've, I'm never caught up on Friday when it premieres. I always watch it the day after. So by the time we record, it's already outdated and it just doesn't, it hasn't lined up for us just yet. Yeah. We'll get there. We're going to review we, we, the we, season. We promise we'll get there because it's, again, it, it's Mando. It's great. We love it. So we will talk about it. But anyway, um, last week. In my Mando uh, viewing, um, Grant was uh, up late past his bedtime, and I was not waiting anymore to watch. So I'm like, I'm putting this on, and what happens with him happens. And uh, he got really into it. Like he got, he he was invested. Every time something happened that was like intense, he's like, "Oh no, oh no!" <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> And, uh, so yeah, he was, he was enthralled by the Mandalorian. So I'm like, okay, okay. This is a, this is a break from puppy dog pals. I'll take it. Even though I love me some puppy dog pals, but, um, you know, we, we need a reprieve every once in a while. Uh, and, and I, and also I need a reprieve from the new voice of, uh, of, uh, Rolly on the show. Cause, oh my God, tragic, tragic voice recasting on puppy dog pals. It is earth it, it is earth shatteringly bad my my world's been torn asunder anyway uh <laughs> so he's all in on mando so I'm like, okay um now mind you you know during the week it's hard to like get him to it, it's complicated over here man that's all i can tell you so tonight though uh he was going berserk and he wasn't really actively watching anything. He, I mean, I, we had stuff on, but he was in full tilt crazy mode, just running around the house like a psychopath and screaming and yelling and throwing tantrums left and right, as a toddler is wont to do. So I'm like, you know what? He's not really watching. I'm going to put something on in hopes that it does catch his attention and maybe something happens. So I put on A New Hope. And sure enough, he locked in. For, Full stop. for I mean, he didn't watch the whole movie or anything, but he yeah. locked in for long stretches and was doing the whole "Oh no!" and and you know, <laughs> like making now make making noises and and like you know when when lightsabers came out and stuff, like he's doing the, the this gesture with his arms and his hands. I'm like, all right, I think I think we got I think we got him here. I think he's hooked. I'm not. I'm not sure to what degree he's hooked, but he's hooked. Right. So yeah, I, that was exciting. I have said it numerous times before, and I, I will say it till the day 
I, I join the force myself. There is a magic to Star Wars that is most effective on children. Uh, I've seen it happen. And it, so, and it's all Star Wars. Regardless of what we as older fans quantify as good or bad, that magic is throughout all of Star Wars, and it always has a way of grabbing children. I can't explain it, but I love it. Well, we're going to keep them uh, limited to the good stuff in this house, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but um, in any case, uh, that that was exciting. He's also he also um, is now requesting. Uh, Mario. So I have to either play Super Mario or the other little life hack that I that I pulled out. Once I got him accustomed to, um, you know, what Super Mario looks like effectively, like I got I put on 3D All-Stars and just started playing 64 for him. Um, number one, because it's actually still a phenomenal game. Camera issues aside, it's still just a timeless kind of game. That's that's awesome. Um he he's really attracted to the voice as well in that game. <laughs> he hears Mario go woohoo and he just kind of like lights up, so it's cool. So the life hack is when uh I don't feel like playing it and I have to make dinner, which I do every night. Uh I ha- I just pull up the YouTube playthrough with no commentary, just the game and just leave that on for him and he'll sit there and watch Mario playthroughs. <laughs> yep. Good stuff. Yep. Good stuff. That aside, um, I not a ton happening on my end personally. Uh, I'm just trying to get myself hunkered in for the holidays and try and survive. So, how are you? Doing good. Um, similar kids with Star Wars experience today because they released uh, two new ships in Star Wars Squadrons, and ah. Julie was out with William. And as my workday finished, so I came upstairs, I started playing and she came home with him. And when he came in, he's like, dad, dad, you're playing star Wars game. That's what we call squadron star Wars game. And I'm like, yeah. And buddy, guess what? There's new ships. Drew, you would have thought that like, you know, the rock just showed up at WrestleMania, (laughs) the, the pop off from this kid. And I was like, buddy, look, it's a B-Wing. And look, this is a TIE Defender. He's like, oh, I want to fly the B-Wing. <laughs> so I was like, here you go, buddy. Knock yourself out. I put him in, like, the practice mode because I don't need my kids screwing up my online stats. That's right. That's right. Paltry, paltry as they may be. Um, and he's just flying around. He's loving it. So, again, just more examples of that. Um, other than that, not not a lot. My Christmas shopping is... Uh, pretty much uh, 95% done, I would say. Yeah, pretty much. I'm, I'm, um, I'm kind of in the same boat, although I'm, 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 I, I, I'm sure you experience this as well, because I, everyone I talk to, we all have the same reaction. Um, does, Carl, does time have any meaning anymore? No, okay. no, it does not. So you, you realize it is December 11th. Yep. What 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 happened? Where where did that time go? Time existed in both an accelerated and decelerated state at the same time. That that is accurate. 
So, yeah. Whereas uh, we feel like 2020 has gone on forever. And I'm fully expecting on December 31st. Uh, All the clocks just don't change. <laughs> to turn to just to 1160. Yeah. And then 1161. It just doesn't stop. Um, it's, but at the same time, just like, you know, weren't we just grilling outside? Yeah. Yeah. I know. So, um, but my point there was, uh, it is December 11th, and though I think I got the jump on all the Christmas shopping, I I, I should probably do a real close inventory on my Christmas list uh, <laughs> uh, this weekend and make sure because we're running out of time to get to get things shipped here to to you know. But I think I'm good. Yeah, I would say if you want the stuff for Christmas Day, you need to be done by the end of this coming week at mm-hmm. the latest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like I said, I think I'm good, but I, I I need to, much like Santa, I need to make my list and check it twice. Yep, William got an ultimate Hot Wheels garage that I have down here in the basement, Spoilers. and I can just imagine the amount of profanities that will be uttered by me while I assemble this thing on Christmas morning. Well, so it's, it's yeah, it's a it's a rite of, it's a rite of passage, Carl. Yep. So, folks, those were our weeks. And again, we do love to hear about your weeks. Even though we're not going to talk about them for the next couple of episodes, we still love to hear about them. So if you want to reach out to us and communicate with us, you can do so at the following social media locations. You can follow us on Twitter at Devil's Do Pod. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash devils do pod. You can email us at the devils do pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the devils do podcast.com. Drew, that being said, let's move on to the news because right. there's a lot of it. All right. So like I said, this could be a Marvel centric news segment. We're not going to start with the, stuff that was available in the investors meeting. We're going to start with what we originally intended to start with. And that is over the past, uh, couple weeks, we have been just bombarded with news and reports of what is going to be going on with the next Tom Holland, Spider-Man movie. <laughs> so here's what, here's what we have officially. Yeah, it's very it's very important we make make some delineations between official and what we are, we are hearing. Reported. Yeah. Yeah. So, officially Benedict Cumberbatch is Doctor Strange. Okay. It was it was revealed that in the investors th- uh, thing yesterday Disney did that Spider-Man 3, Doctor Strange, uh, Madness of the Multiverse and WandaVision We'll all have ties together. And, and okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yep. So, Doctor Strange is in it. Yes. Drew, we knew Jamie Foxx was cast in it. Mm-hmm. Alfred Molina has been officially cast in this film as Doctor Octopus. Folks, for those of you who remember, Alfred Molina played Doctor Octopus dr octopus my all-time favorite spider-man villain in still to this day my favorite spider-man film spider-man 2 i don't think you're making a 
particularly hot take. That's that's pretty much yeah. I would I would agree with that. Yeah. Um <clears throat> on the tales of that, this is what we have reported. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go down the line. Yep. Andrew Garfield. Uh-huh. Kirsten Dunst. Emma Stone. More loosely, Toby Maguire. There have been reportings of a costume fitting. <laughs> and Drew, the biggest one of all. For us, it, anyway. For us here at the Devil's Due. Charlie freaking Cox. Matt Murdock himself. Daredevil. As we love him, as we want him, Drew. Look, this is insane. It's it's. I mean, the Doctor Strange movie is called the Multiverse of Madness, and this is madness. (laughs) I don't. I don't know how to. I'll be honest. I don't. I I have mixed emotions about all of the Spider Verse stuff coming together in the live action MCU kind of thing. Assuming that that is what is happening, I'm certain. I mean, look. If this is all true, then that certainly seems to be what's happening, right? Um, I feel like it's it's all, and the execution might might change my mind, but just follow me for a moment. It's so much, um, and I'll come back to Charlie Cox in a second. I just want to get my my thoughts in order on Spider Man Three and all this Tobey Maguire and, and yada yada. Uh, I feel like as much as I love Tom Holland as Spider-Man, and and I feel that he is the best of he is the best Peter Parker and Spider-Man that we've had on screen. Whereas I think like Toby might have been a great Peter Parker, but he was kind of a wimpy Spider-Man. Andrew Garfield, kind of a terrible Peter Parker, but a really good Spider-Man. If that makes any sense, I, I've always kind of felt yeah. that way. Yeah. But Tom Tom Holland, best of both, in my opinion. He's fantastic. I love him. But I don't... I feel like he has not had a signature moment where he has truly um, embodied and owned the character of Spider-Man in the MCU yet. And he's had memorable moments. Unfortunately... The, the one that comes to mind for me as being the most memorable is when he says, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good and dies. <laughs> so um, I feel like there's so much happening here. I feel like he's getting overshadowed in his own franchise. Now, granted, all this casting and all this stuff could be a five second cameo blink and you miss him in the, in the movie. And, to- and for all we know, Tom Holland is going to, ascend into you know spider godhood in our in our collective memories with this movie that could very well be the case i'm just saying all this news and all the you know it just feels like i don't know it feels a little out of character for the mcu but then again the mcu has has is certainly in a period of rapid expansion as we know so um anyway charlie freaking cox (laughs) so really quickly just to to go back to that I think I can explain why you feel that way about Tom Holland. And this kind of goes back to a lot of the stuff that I've been saying about the Tom Holland films from the beginning. 
and about this particular incarnation of Spider-Man is that he's essentially been re- uh, relegated to a sidekick role. Yes, yes. It, I, you I, know, I, up until Endgame, he was Tony Stark's sidekick, and now reports like with the new film that Doctor Strange is going to take over that mentor role. That, I feel, is one of the few things that they've done that have been a detriment to the character. Because one of the strongest parts about this character is how he learns through his own mistakes on his own. And we saw that in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. We saw that also with the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Like because of the universes they existed in, where they they were not in a larger uh, universe with other heroes in it, they were allowed to have those defining moments. Whereas, because Marvel made the choice to do the you know the high school age and you know the uh, essentially a sidekick role, we haven't been able to really fully embrace. Um, that aspect of the character in Tom Holland. But Charlie Cox, though. <laughs> Charlie freaking Cox. If that's true, um, now, I don't want to get too... I just got done saying that it could be... We could be looking at mere cameos, glimpses into other universes that just as easily go away inside of five minutes of screen time. You know what I mean? So Charlie Cox's Daredevil could be part of that, but it, it feels too outside. You know what I mean? To be a throwaway. Yeah. Cause first off, he's not in a different universe. Uh, they, they exist in the Marvel do, Cinematic well, Universe. Well, do they, though? Is it, is, well, well. Is it, it, is it, Drew, it's been established. They said it when they made it. They've made multiple references in numerous shows. They exist in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. All right, all right. I mean, I, all right. All right. I mean, it's a... I don't want to be I don't want to be Mr. Tip technical and semantics, but it was it's it's been a pretty one way acknowledgement up till now. So, you know, yeah, fingers crossed. If we get Daredevil in the MCU officially, 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 like as in he's he's Peter's buddy or Peter's lawyer, <laughs> okay, um, then then I'm all for it and let's let's go let's get Daredevil back. And I we and and we know that the cast of the show is roaring to go. So you know, right? Give me, given, give me the kingpin. Give him to me now. Given the uh, stinger from Far From Home, mm-hmm. the J. John Johnson identity reveal stinger, um, I think it's very feasible that he will, in fact, be there as Peter Parker or Spider Man's lawyer i'm here for this some sort of defamation suit or something what have you and because like you know we're talking about peter parker and Aunt May, we're not talking about like 
you know, their income level. We're not talking Tony Stark level. So Matt may be the lawyer that they can afford. Way to way to help out the kid, Happy Hogan. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, we'll see how this all shakes out. But it's it's obviously yeah. if it's true, that's very exciting. Um, I I think we all feel like that Daredevil had more to give, and uh, hope maybe this is the first step to getting it. And they, what is it the? presence like if it's officially confirmed that yes you know Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are going to be in it I think like at this point kind of the level they're looking at doing this with probably lends to more than just like a quick five minute cameo but I don't think it's going to be full blown you know they all team up the end plot involvement I mean I'm sure we'll get you know because Marvel knows what they're doing. So I'm sure we'll get that money shot, that money moment with all three of them doing something particularly spider-ish on the screen. But here's another thing. Involving the other Spider-Men allows them to resolve the... Peter's identity getting ousted in classic comic book fashion. Oh. I mean, think about it. You've got, you know, whatever they're going against is resolved. Everybody's getting ready to go back to their dimension and whatnot. Tom Holland Peter goes, hey, I need a quick favor. Ah, I see. I see. Gives one of them his suit. And then Peter and Spider-Man, air quotes, make a public appearance together. Gotcha. Gotcha. So clearly Peter Parker can't be Spider-Man because here's Peter Parker and here's Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah that, classic. It, it, classic it, comic book fair. It is. We'll see if it shakes out in, in live action. This is all a lot. To, this is a lot. But yeah. clearly, uh, and, as we are processing a lot with Spider-Man, um, Marvel decided that wasn't enough to process. Oh, yeah. we, we needed more. <laughs> 40 hours of pleasure uh, all at once. I don't even know where to begin, Carl. Oh. I'm going to let you drive because yeah. we have so much. Okay. We have so, so much. Yeah. Um, so Marvel had their investors meeting yesterday, like we said, and they rolled out everything or Disney had their investors meeting and rolled out everything they've got coming down the pipe. Now, couple caveats here. This is not all stuff that's coming out this year, 2020, 2021. This is probably, you know, some of this we're going to get soon. Other things we're going to get later on down the road, but have been officially confirmed as in development and being made. A lot of stuff we knew about. Some stuff is brand new announcements. Not, I would be very, very surprised if everything that was announced yesterday is all phase four. Uh, I I don't even know. I'm expecting some of this to be phase five or what have. I don't even know how the phases work anymore post end game. Like we're in uncharted waters here. It's, it's, you know, and not to mention COVID is just like thrown everything into 
total nebulous territory. Like, where is Black Widow? Where does that fit in anymore at all? Uh, you know, it, I think it's pretty obvious they're they're waiting to see how Warner Brothers does before they make any decisions on Black Widow. Um, so phases at this point, dude. I'm I'm shrugging my shoulders. I have no idea. I'm just I'm just taking all this stuff as it comes, and what we can we can discuss it, you know, piece by piece. Right. So let's let's start in the theaters, and then we will go to Disney Plus. Oh, okay. And folks, trust me, everything we're talking about here subject to change. Uh, yes. It's a, it's an unknown world we live in. So. Let's start with the most recent thing that we've been looking forward to for a long time, Black Widow. They confirmed that Black Widow, as of now, is still being retained as a theatrical-only release. They're not saying it's coming Disney Plus anytime soon. They're still saying theatrical release date, May 7th of 2021. Now, based on some things we may hear later in the episode, that may very well be the case. Um, They showed... They showed the entire cast of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which just recently wrapped principal photography. Not going to lie, very excited about this one. Uh, Very loose mention of the Eternals. They basically said, hey, we're making the Eternals, as you know. A little bit of loose mention of Spider-Man. You know, Doctor Strange... uh, the madness, multiverse, multi- of madness. multiverse of madness um said you know it's still on track for march 25th of 2022 and uh spider-man on track for december 17th two days after my birthday happy birthday to me <laughs> uh 2021 so thor love and thunder <laughs> casting in it christian bale yeah is playing a character I've never heard of. Oh, Carl, you need to read yourself the Jason Aaron Thor run because it it's it's one of those definitive runs. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know how for forever people have been like the Walt Simonson Thor run is the Thor run. It it still is, but Jason Aaron's Thor run is now in that pantheon of like mandatory reading. If you want to read Thor and I, and I, and if I, like if you were to say, I want to read Thor, what do I do? I would say, here you go. Thor God of Thunder by Jason Aaron. And the, it's incredible. And the, the villain in that is Gore, the God butcher. Uh, he is basically an alien who, as his name implies, uh, hunts, kills and butchers uh, gar- uh gods who he blames for um a lot of society's ills great stuff and this is gonna be pretty wild um that is mega casting um borderline stunt casting in a way plucking you know a batman for a marvel role but not the first time this has happened looking at you michael keaton yeah so uh that's very exciting news for me because again, I love that that arc. I know that character, and uh, Christian Bale is obviously a very, very capable actor. So uh, that's pretty exciting. All right, 
so moving on to a little more melancholy news, uh, Kevin Feige confirmed that for Black Panther 2, the role of T'Challa will not be recast. Um, I think this is a particular situation where there's no right answer. Yeah, I'm 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 really of two minds on this. So, so I I, mean, I, 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 I out of respect for him, um, I absolutely understand um, why they wouldn't want to do it. Um, that's the short, but but forgive me for sounding. I, I don't mean to sound callous at all here. I'm, no, this no, is with all no. respect. I think that is short-term thinking. Um, I think in the long term, they are doing themselves a bit of a disservice not to recast. Let me explain. Um, Black Panther transcended uh, in ways that I don't know that anyone could have really foreseen. Um, That movie and that character and that world uh, really resonated with a lot of people. And I feel like it needs, it should, it deserves anyway, to go on. And that character deserves to go on. And all the kids that that really had a new character they could look at and look up to and love and, and you know, embrace, um, I, I think they, regardless of who plays him, I think they would accept someone else as long as Black Panther gets to go on. And I think it's, that's the long-term thing I'm talking about. And I think it's, it's that, I don't know. I I feel like it's a disservice to everyone who really embraced this character um, to just nip it in the bud now out of, and and I, and I, again, I say that with all respect to Chadwick Boseman um, because I mean, he's like, he's, he's awesome. And, the loss is still felt. So I believe me, I understand all of the feelings on it, but I think, uh, I don't know. It's, I, I don't think it's impossible to recast. Uh, Marvel has done it themselves for lesser circumstances. Um, I think people would understand given the circumstances if they, if they did recast, is it fair to anyone that takes up that role that they have to, you know, live up to that level? Well, no, but I don't know. I I think the audience would forgive almost any. Uh, I, I want to say any drop in performance. That's which is kind of unfair because I have no idea who they would get if if they were to do it. Um, I think audiences would be very very accepting of anyone that stepped into that role to carry it forward. Anyway, that's that's just what I think. About. Yeah, but again, no. I fully understand why they, out of respect to Chadwick Boseman, do not want to do it. For the, for the most part, I agree with you. Um, I feel that with the cultural impact that the first film had, that the character had, um, especially given the world we live in today, there is a need for this character yeah. that outweighs our love and affection for Chadwick Boseman. Um, I am now, I've from everything I've seen, they didn't say that they are not going to recast it ever. That this was in particular reference to Black Panther 2, which is slated for July 8th of 2022. So if they want to take like Black Panther 2 and say, hey, listen, this is going to be our moment of silence for Chadwick. 
and you know do a film that explores the bigger world of Wakanda as Kevin Feige said then great fine I'm all for that but I think the there's when it comes to these films uh, superhero films in general there's a reason they're being made and I think it's important to remember that the character is always bigger than the actor. And I as well say that with all heartfelt love and respect for Chadwick Boseman. Losing him the way we did, when we did, was a body blow. It hurt. Losing him hurt almost as much as losing Carrie Fisher. And that's just because, like, you know, my association with Black Panther obviously differs based on my, you know, my personal ethnic background. I'm white. So that level of connection that the African-American community had with this film and had with this character is something that I can't necessarily connect with. But recognizing that connection, that impact is something I can do. So that being said, I still feel that the character should carry on in this media. So moving on. Captain Marvel 2. Yes. November 11th, 2022. We knew we, we knew we were getting Captain Marvel 2 at some point. Film will feature Miss Marvel as well saw some footage of that too um and this is a reel uh for the disney plus show and um all i could say about that really quickly is it was super adorable they showed a clip of the zoom call where they told the, the girl that's playing miss marvel that she was going to be cast as miss marvel and like she completely melted and it was really heartwarming yeah that's just that's awesome you see the um like they did with black panther um people of color and of the specific ethnic background background of Kamala Khan are making this series. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I was, I was, I was super impressed actually with all of the, uh, the people of color that are making that show. That's like, it's, that's great to see. Like I couldn't have imagined that four years ago, let's just say arbitrary number um, that, that it, not for nothing, but like, this is why these characters really matter in a way. Uh, representation matters, and like characters like this allow so many opportunities. Um, and it's just, it's really, it's really great. I don't know. I just, it's really, really great. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, 2023. Yeah. Pretty much all we know about that, but we did get some other Guardians news we're going to get to a little bit later. Um, Blade 2023. Mersha Lee. Yep, yep. Let's go. Let's go. Um, Ant-Man and Wasp. Quantum Mania. <laughs> it's like WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, but sure. With more quantum. And more Kang. Maybe, maybe even a quantum leap. Can oh, we get a Scott oh. Bakula cameo? Please. You know, now that you mention it, 
I didn't know I wanted Scott Bakula in the MCU until just now. Let's go. Make it happen. <laughs> yes, and Kang officially confirmed as the villain for Quantumania. The actor who played Kang, um, his name is escaping me at the moment, or if you want to help me out with this. Oh, I, saw I don't him have it in, in front of me. I Bloods, and he was fantastic. Uh, for, uh, forgive me, I don't have it in front of me. Um, let's see. Kang will be played by... Uh, you think I'd have it, like, right... Jonathan Majors. Okay. So, he was great in The Five Bloods. Um, I just... I'm really looking forward to this. This is gonna... Those, those, you know, Ant- those Ant-Man movies are low-key, like, some of the best Marvel movies. <laughs> Yeah, they really are. Yeah, I mean it's it's they're they're just they're so great. They're fun. Um, they're super fun. Yeah. So it's, I mean, with the, I have a little bit of trepidation, uh, possibly concern with the wholesale introduction of multiverses and potential time travel and all this stuff because I feel that these things give too easy an eraser for a bad decision. I I I share your concern. Um I I share your concern. Ultimately if it, it makes the stakes very murky very murky, right? Um right. But I do trust Kevin Feige and everyone else over there to keep these things grounded enough and make the emotional stakes very clear in all these movies so that we still have something to hold on to. Uh, yes, as, as we've mentioned, uh, Marvel currently has an unlimited line of credit with us. They have the platinum card. Uh, Yes, they have the platinum card. They have, they have the black card. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, that's true. The obsidian card that has like that just has the strip on it. It <laughs> doesn't even have your name on it. Just like anything you want. There's no. It, it's it's, not, it's it not even numbered. It's just accepted. <laughs> yeah. So we move on now to what was probably the biggest announcement of the film section, arguably the uh, biggest yeah. announcement of the entire Marvel presentation. Drew, mm-hmm. we're getting a fantastic four movie. Yes. Now you could say that we knew that, but we, we did not know that this is, we, we knew that they had the rights back, but we, we've been waiting for any sort of official acknowledgement that it was happening. Well, we got it. Uh, and it's going to be directed by John Watts, who directed uh, the Spider-Man movies. Yes, the the, the Marvel so. Spider-Man movies. And honestly, in when I when I saw that, I'm like, you know what? Given the tone of those Spider-Man flicks, that that completely works. I'm I this totally has my support. No casting, so, no no casting, no other no information. Yeah, just a four. They just gave us a four. That's a, that's all you needed. It was a glorious, glorious four. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, it's it's as much as I can pop for the number four when it's not being held up by Ric Flair. <laughs> right, right. So 
super exciting fantastic for officially uh-huh. coming to the marvel cinematic universe you know what's interesting so, about it though now that i j- this just dawned on me you know what's kind of fun funny slash interesting about that so they're they're they obviously all of the stuff that they that they uh announced was more or less all extensions or updates to things that we already kind of knew about in the MCU. Like, so it's all familiar stuff. Right. Fantastic four is like the, is like one of the big gun new things that they announced. And I think it's interesting now that I just said that what they, they, they still have the, a big one in their back pocket that they have not said anything about yet. That being the X-Men. So just, I'm just saying they they still have that one waiting. So if if I'm they're 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 just I, they're just waiting for the right yeah. moment to to blow our minds with that. I am still of a mind, and I know Alan is going to hate me for saying this, but I'm sorry. It's what I think. X Men mutants uh, need to be kept on the shelf for a little while longer. Yeah. There's a lot of stink there that needs to get blown off. Yeah, we have to we have to Yeah, I, I agree. No, I totally agree. So And I and I think when they have, do get around to it, they're going to present it in a way because Marvel likes to do this with familiar stuff. They're going to present it in a way that you haven't seen before on screen. And I I cannot wait. Same. same Cannot wait. Same. All right. Moving so, on. Moving on. That is it for the theatrical releases. Now let's hop over to Disney Plus. The gift that just keeps on giving. It sure does. Um, good thing I got my. Uh, good thing I re-upped in November uh, in advance of the price increase <laughs> coming yeah. coming this spring. <laughs> anyway, I'm not even mad. It's a well, dollar. I mean, it's another dollar. I don't care. It's a dollar. Yeah, yeah, I I, mean, I, I really don't care. Let's go. Let's so, get in. Let's dive in. All right. Let's dive into the stuff that is is most ready to come out of the oven, the stuff uh, we know the most about, starting off with WandaVision, premiering January 15th, 2021. So slightly over 30 days away from WandaVision. Did you watch that new trailer? I did. This looks... Dude, look. We all scratched our heads when they announced that they were doing this show. Like, okay, sure. And now that I've seen like two trailers for it, this is the most weird, uh, ambitious, and out there concept I I can I could imagine for a MCU property. And you, I'm and I'm totally like here to for it. Do you, it. This may be blasphemous to you, but. Honestly, this is what it looks like to me. It looks like someone got on the phone and called Grant Morrison. I no, I, I thought you were going to say that, and you're not wrong. Yeah, no, that's that's a that's a that's a good observation. Um, like he has nothing, he has nothing to do with it. Trailer, but <laughs> say that again. I said he has nothing to do with it, but but I do I do total yeah. I totally get where you're coming from. Everything in that trailer feels like Morrison. It's so nutty. It is so bizarre, and I'm like totally on board with it. it. It's it is like 
super meta and like it's taking place in different eras of television and like and and it's almost a horror show though because like what is real who is real even the people that we see in the trailer don't know if they're real and it's all very kind of spooky and weird yep i'm here for this um it's got monica rambeau in it yeah um, we had, there was a, even the ever so slightest flash of Kat Denning's character from Thor. Hey. Was in it? Sign me up. <laughs> That's <laughs> all I'm going to say. Um, so yeah, it, it looks crazy. Um, I'm, I'm and, way and more on board all, for that than I ever thought I would be. And, and best of all, we're getting vision in a comics accurate costume. Um, in, in the jokey joke way that they yeah. do it in the in the MCU, but f- fine, <laughs> it's right, fine, right. fine, 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 fine. Yeah, this looks pretty nutty, and um, I'm told it's you know a lot of people fear you know they want to throw House of M around. Like, I don't think you're going to see any X Men in this, but uh, it is you know it it is like that where we see Wanda reshaping reality, um, around her to find some level of happiness for herself um and how she handles that or doesn't handle it um so i'm 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 very very much intrigued this is super wild and uh, i can't wait to watch it so moving on yes. to the next trailer we got falcon and winter soldier dude come on this is inject this into my veins <laughs> coming march 19th 2021 let's go give it to me now i, I can't just it, oh god it looks like everything we wanted out of that little scene from civil war in the car falcon and bucky in the car <laughs> they said they looked at that scene just yeah. that like 20 second exchange and said you know what let's make an entire series yeah. out of this yep yeah it it looks like buddy cop slash midnight run type film well it's it's no secret that my favorite i mean i i think if you were to put a gun to my head and say you know what's your favorite mcu movie i'm gonna tell you it's it's uh captain america the winter soldier um the tone of it the espionage the the you know the more grounded actiony kind of you know thriller spy thriller kind of vibe about that movie that i I just love it. And this, this, these characters obviously tied into all that. And this show is going to pick up. It, it looks to me anyway, it's like, it's going to pick up, um, in that vein. And, uh, it's going to handle like the, the legacy of Steve Rogers and the shield and captain America. And, and yeah, dude, let's just, just take my money. You already have my money. Take more. Cause this, this is everything I want. Honestly. So, basically, these series are all kind of piggybacking, piggybacking off of one another. So, WandaVision we get in January 15th. Falcon Winter Soldier we get in March 15th. Or, no, I'm sorry, March 19th. Okay. And then, in May of 2021, we get Loki. Did you watch trailer for this? Uh, dude, I watched trailer for all of it. Come oh, on. my God. I'm just making sure. What? You, get, give me more of this, too. Please, thank you. No idea what you're doing, but I'm here for it. Dude, he's D.B. Cooper. <laughs> he robs a plane. <laughs> what? 
What is going on? Um, I uh, more more universe hopping shenanigans. I sure, wasn't sure if you noticed all that, but um, very clear to me that there's some universal stuff happening with this Loki show. As if we didn't know that already, based on the premise that the Loki that we're getting in the show is the one from an alternate timeline of Endgame. <laughs> right. So, and the the last scene of the trailer that's just right off the page of his more recent comic appearances and the suit and the shorter horns. Yeah. Just looks fantastic. Owen Wilson. Owen great in it. Over under. How many wows are we going to get in the series? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So then bringing us into summer of 2021, Something where we had heard about and we were like, okay, this could be cool. Then we saw a trailer for it and we're like, oh, this looks awesome. Uh, the animated series, What If? Yeah, yeah. That was this. Uh, honestly, after seeing the uh, the trailer, I'm more uh, for this than I was initially. Um, animation isn't usually my my jam, but um, the trailer for this looked super fun. So I'll, I will happily check this out. And and Jeffrey Wright as the voice of the Watcher seems to be pitch perfect. Give give it. Give, I'm, I'm I'm here for it all. Um, but but I mean, and that's just the stuff that we saw. They announced more. <laughs> oh yeah, we're we're getting we're getting in that. So um, now my we're God, there's so much more, Carl. <laughs> stuff. There is so much more. We're not even halfway through it yet, as far as the the TV stuff goes. All right, so. Um, now, this is all stuff that has very loose release windows, mm-hmm. so we're just going to kind of go down the line. Miss um, Marvel. Yep. We've already discussed Miss Marvel. Um, we are excited about this. Diversity it offers. Can't look forward to it. Drew, on this next one, I'm just going to let you go. Okay. Because go. What? This, uh, what? Uh, seems to be something it's not something that i've read but i know you've read it oh you discussed it ad nauseum on your previous podcast and is something that you love and there we got pictures oh i know okay yeah 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 that they're doing it to the level that was just unexpected drew tell us how awesome hawkeye is gonna be yeah now i don't know if they're gonna go full full full-blown adaptation but all I know is, I have seen in set pictures of Hawkeye, I have seen Kate Bishop in full costume, I have seen Lucky the Pizza Dog, and I have seen the tracksuit mafia in the flesh with a moving van, um, which, uh, hang on, I, I want to make sure I get this moving van right. Um, tracksuit mafia, Hawkeye, set picture, I'm googling this as I speak because I laughed so hard. Uh, where's the moving van? Show me the moving van. <laughs> oh, a call a bro. <laughs> call a bro. So if you don't know about the tracksuit mafia, they're, they're these Russian guys that all wear matching tracksuits and they just go, bro, I saw him, bro, bro. Everything is bro. It's amazing. It's great. This Hawkeye run is honestly, I mean, it's not just memes of bro and, you know, what a goofy, you know, pizza dog and yada yada. No, uh, th- this Hawkeye run is actually pretty brilliant. Um, 
I'm not the biggest Matt Fraction fan overall in in comics, but I will say that he has written some of my favorite comics, which is like a weird uh, thing to say about a guy that's written some of my favorite stuff. Um, his his run with Ed Brubaker uh, on Iron Fist is phenomenal, and then his run here on Hawkeye, phenomenal and brilliant stuff. I recommend it highly. I cannot recommend it enough. The Hawk the Hawkeye run by Matt Fraction and David Aha. Um, or Aja, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Forgive me if I got it wrong. Amazing comics, some of my favorite comics in the last decade by a by a wide margin. And to see it being brought to life, I'm super stoked for it. Um, I I really hope uh, it it ends up as good as the comics were, and I really hope we do get an episode like they did in the comics, where they did an entire issue. Again, I said the series was brilliant. This is why there was an entire issue of a comic book written from the standpoint of Lucky the Pizza Dog and how a dog understands humans and how a dog understands the world. Like instead of thought bubbles, you would get like scent bubbles and like things like that. Like just brilliant stuff. I'm underselling it. Honestly, just that lucky issue made like as a dog owner, it melted me and made me so it was just so cool. Uh, But yeah, Hawkeye looks super cool um as a disney plus series so i really hope that it lives up because i'm i'm here for it because the comics were dope all right so moving on next item we have again something we knew was coming but we got some huge one might say smashing details about it go on she hulk yes she hulk Tatiana Maslany officially confirmed as Jennifer Walters. This was reported, but I guess this was an unplanned Marvel leak, and she tried to walk it back. Um, but she's officially confirmed as Jennifer Walters. Mark Ruffalo, Bruce Banner, the Hulk, will make an appearance in the series. He kind of figured he had to at some point. Right. But it's nice to get the official confirmation. The big surprise here, though, Tim Roth is returning as the Abomination, a character we have not heard mention since a a short that came on one of the DVDs for one of the very early films, and a character we have not seen since the second film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Yeah. I did not expect to see Tim Roth's name attached to this, but um, I was very, very pleasantly surprised. Number one, Tim Roth's an amazing actor. And number two, yeah, yes. uh, we have not seen or heard from the Abomination or much else out in that Hulk movie. Uh, well, Thunderbolt Ross shows up, but that's about it. Um, they they don't talk about that first Hulk movie too much. So the Abomination's whereabouts have been pretty much uh, a big question mark all this time. And um, it looks like looks, he's looks, been in the raft. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, I mean, they might have even said that, but I, I don't know. Um, either way, he's back now. And yes, hey. and maybe, hope Carl. All I can say, hopefully, this time around, he gets his ears. Agreed. The ears are necessary. Um, uh, will can I? So, okay, so here's a question for you. Okay. Um. Will we get the return of the leader? 
Tim Blake Nelson. I mean, come on, man. There, there is a lot of fertile ground to be farmed in the Hulk universe. Oh yes. Uh, some, some things were planted in the incredible Hulk, like the leader. Uh, we have yet to see a, arguably a cornerstone of Marveldom in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and that is Rick Jones. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, we've we have yet to see. So there's there's a lot of stuff that could come in this. Um, as far as what Marvel's future plans for Hulk proper are, one can only speculate. Um, obviously, I believe the film rights are still with Universal. That's so unbelievable so, to me. I, yeah. That... Uh... That's, yeah. It's just so unbelievable to me. That's one that's one of those things that are like, yeah, they're never getting that back. Um which is tragic because I have the perfect solution for a Hulk film. Oh? You do a Hulk film and you set it during the five years in between um Infinity War and Endgame, and you do the Joe Fix It story. Okay bouncer in vegas yeah the the early experiments that we see the end result in an end game with the professor hulk yes yes you do gray hulk you do the gray hulk the talking hulk the the different personality i would love to see just, that just do that story you know yeah we'll see but anyway yeah she hulk i'm here for it because as you know i'm a big she hulk fan too yes um and just so much awesomeness. Uh, possible so crossover that, with Matt Murdock that we've talked about, but I think that he, Matt Matt kind of leveled up to the to the big screen. <laughs> fingers, well, possibly. True, I mean, with everything we're seeing with these, between everything we've seen with these, what we've seen this uh, past season on the Mandalorian, and with everything that was announced for the uh, Star Wars items. Which we'll get to uh, later. Yes, that's going to be a next episode thing. Uh, big screen and small screen are not defined lines anymore. We're, um, we're truly seeing crossover and integration on a level that we had hoped for for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. More shows, Carol. More shows. Yes. Let's keep going. Um, There's uh, more. So she hawked. She-Hulk was 2022, also 2022. Everything, actually, the rest of all this stuff is just listed as 2022. Um, Moon Knight. Yeah. Very little known about this. Oscar Isaac, uh, you know him as Poe Dameron, cast in this. Um, I'm is that, a, that is official? Board. Mark, he... he, he as, wow. as far as I know, that's official. All right, all right. Um, I noticed in the press release for that that they're really playing up the... Um, multiple personality kind of angle to it. So I'm very curious what that show is going to look like. That's, that's going to be cool. Yeah. Um, Secret invasion. Aha. Uh-huh. Samuel Jackson, Ben Mendelsohn, both confirmed. Wow. Yeah. Now, so, now we're getting into the, the brand new stuff that we had no idea was being done. Yes. And we're just announced yesterday. So I have thoughts on this. Share your thoughts with the group. And, and I, you know, hey, look, I'm, 
excited for all this stuff. Believe me, I'm, I am like marbles my jam. So this is all just like uh, this is all one big can bag of candy for me. I'm just like I'm, and I'm gorging myself. It's great. I never thought I would live to see any of this. So this is just all found money. Uh, Secret Invasion. Scrolls uh, infiltrate and impersonate heroes and villains that we know in, in, a, in an attempt to take over the earth and you know yada yada. Like the, the bad guys are doing a nefarious plot in the comics anyway, right? My, right? my thought though is like in the comics, the Skrulls are clearly villainous bad guys and that's a bad guy yes. plot. The Skrulls that we met in Captain Marvel, very different. Um, they were, you know, basically refugees and and not villains. So I'm curious how that plays into a secret invasion, if you will. Right. I think you're going to see an angle where they're obviously like not all scrolls. Are they going to be the same as what we met in mm-hmm. Captain Marvel? And there will be a faction that, you know, up to no wants, good. To, wants to be up to no good. Okay. All right. I just, so, this is, this is yeah. the thought I had. Um, but hey, let's, let's go. Let's go. Um, Ironheart. Interesting. Unexpected, but yet not when you, when you, when you think about it. Unexpected, but welcome. Yes, yeah. Um, it's one of those things that uh, they, Marvel uh, did in the comics. How, how long ago was it? Five? Was it five ish? Less with, with within the last five. Yeah, within the last five. I don't think it was longer than five years ago. Kind of a you know uh, Marvel Marvel's way of mantling characters in the way that DC typically does in a way. Um, a young uh, black girl who is basically on Tony Stark's level with armor, right? Yeah. Intelligence and armor. Yeah. Uh, I believe her name is Riri Williams. Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's like, well, I say it's surprising because in concept that just seems like so shocking that they would green light that, but at the same time, not really. Cause the precedent was set in the comics and the, you know, the times we live in now, uh, we're people are ready for this. People are ready for this to to for it to be a thing, and and more importantly, for it not to be a thing. You know what I mean? Right. And that's cool. So moving on to the next thing, Armor Wars. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Of, <laughs> of all the things I did not expect. Um. Okay. I mean, if you want to, so, if you want to give me a Don Cheadle TV show, uh, fine. Take take my money. <laughs> yeah, take my monthly subscription fee. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, uh, Rhodey is. It's basically described as Rhodey tracking down uh, uh, Stark armors, more or less, You're- keeping them from falling into the wrong hands. You realize we're probably going to get a Crimson Dynamo in this, right? Oh God, I hope so. <laughs> so here's here's the thought I had. There's a lot going on here. Yeah, Armor Wars distinctly um, an '80s slash '90s comic storyline. Yeah. If you want to start to mine that era and address the quote unquote 
Marvel villain problem. You know what series you can give me, Drew? Mm. Acts of Vengeance. Uh, okay. Probably one of my all-time favorite stories from when I was younger. I don't think you're going to get it, but go on. No, I know, I know, I know. But the long and short story is all the villains get together and say, hey, we're always getting beat by our respective others. Let's change dance partners. Let's do a little bit of castling here. (laughs) And so you've got, you know, Magneto fighting Spider-Man, so on and so forth. You know, I read predominantly Spider-Man at that time. Um, That's when Spider-Man got the, uh, the Captain Universe powers and punched Hulk into orbit. Um, that was always cool. So yeah, I, I just thought that was just random thought. I thought it'd be fun. All right. So next thing up is I am Groot. Uh, this was described as a series of shorts. I don't think they said if it was animated or not about a uh, baby Groot. Everybody's lovable, adorable baby Groot. Fine. And, and lastly here, Drew, the thing that ironically enough, after all of this stuff we've talked about, this is the one I might be most excited about. Go, go on. The Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. <laughs> written and directed by James Gunn. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I, y- yes, I yes, holiday please. Special I saw a holiday special, and given it is December, my heart soared because I thought we were getting this now. I know. And then my I heart know. dropped when I saw 2022. I, I like, know. Ugh. So far away. But but, but guessing, doesn't that just sound amazing? <laughs> it just sounds all kinds of amazing. There is so... Like, that is so ripe for so much fun. <laughs> it's 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 ridiculous. Yeah. And like the self awareness of the, that something like Marvel, I, I know James Gunn has enough awareness to like know that when you drop the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, he is if they don't steer hard into some really terabad but good riffs on the Star Wars holiday special, it is a missed opportunity. <laughs> like James I, I, I expect said. it. James Gunn tweeted shortly after his announcement. He unironically loves the Star Wars holiday special. Oh my god, we're gonna! Oh god, <laughs> and that's why he wanted to do this. Oh man, this is gonna be nuts. <laughs> it's gonna be so great. I don't want to like hype it up. To, we have two years to wait for it, but my god, like it—it it just has so much potential for just complete madness in all in all the best ways. Uh yeah, that 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 sounds like a whole lot of fun. The the Guardians the Guardians franchise is the franchise you do that with with Marvel. Like if yeah. you want because you can you could almost you could do anything with that franchise and it will work. You can get as nutty and as goofy as you want and and it totally will work. The characters are so well, they're so wacky. Um that that's going to that that has all the potential to be great. I don't want to call it great off the bat because you know anything can be bad, right? But Come on, man. Like, that just sounds amazing. You, you know what it is, Drew? You know what the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special is? It's the guy in the white suit from that episode of The Simpsons 
where the gangs were all fighting on Homer's lawn. <laughs> he's going to do something. You just know he's going to do something guy, cool. <laughs> and the guy in the white suit was just standing there, just waiting. And Marge brings Homer inside, and Homer's just like, oh, come on, the guy in the white suit hasn't done anything yet. You know when he does something, it's going to be good. We just have to make sure we don't miss it like Homer did. Exactly. Yeah, that that's that's going to be super fun. Um I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm, I got, I'm gonna, I'm gonna warn you. I'm not gonna be this hype about the Star Wars stuff. Not to say I'm not hype about any of it. I do have stuff that I'm definitely in for for the, with the Star Wars announcements. But this Marvel stuff to me, dude, is like, I, you know, they could, they could tell me any, just about anything, and I'm just gonna be like, great, great, yes, thank you, please, more. All of this Marvel stuff to me is like awesome. It's just all awesome, and I say that because number one, I love Marvel. I grew up with Marvel, and I and I've I'm I'm conditioned to love it. But number two, as we said, they have all the credit in the world because their track record is so good that I absolutely trust them to make all this stuff and make it super fun and enjoyable. I, I'm here for all of it. I am here for all of it. I I can't believe I'm living in a world where I'm going to get to see all this stuff. So, yes. thank Yes, yeah. sir. Please and thank you. Crazy, crazy times we live in. In so many different ways. And like I said, so, all of this. All of this. And they still have the X-Men in their back pocket. Yep. Yep. My God. My God. Ugh, so great. Do you, right. do, do you, do you think? Do you, no, well, no, no, this, this is going to take the, the the air out of the sails of the interview we're about to do. But um, it, do you think like after this, AT and T and Warner Brothers just looked at each other like, well, crap. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, crap. <laughs> So, all right, so that's going to do it for our news section. Right. Uh, like we said, folks, the, there was just too much that came out yesterday to be done in one episode. So next week, we will do the Star Wars section. Uh, spoilers, 90% of it Drew doesn't care about, and I'm excited for most of it. Um, <laughs> that's not, so, not necessarily accurate. We'll 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 go. We're gonna go line item, like we just did. Yep, indeed. All right. So, uh, like I said, we have an interview to get to. So, without further ado, here's our interview. Well, everybody, as we mentioned earlier in the show, we do have a very special guest with us today. Um, there's been a lot going on in the entertainment world, as you all know, especially over the past couple weeks. And if you've been listening to our show, obviously know that we kind of like to speculate and think about what could potentially happen, what could potentially not happen. But with the, especially with the size of the announcement that Warner Brothers made, with streaming all their 2021 theatrical releases on HBO Max and same-day theater release, I felt that this was a big enough decision and a uh, wide-reaching impact on a lot of the things we talked about where I wanted to get an expert 
to talk about these things with. And folks, I think if we've established anything over this past year, it's that listening to experts, people who have actually studied and learned and trained can be a good thing. So I decided to bring on an expert on to the show. We are joined tonight by Mr. Paul DePiro Jr. He is my family's financial advisor, full disclosure. Uh, Paul and I went to high school together. We've been friends for a long time. Uh, but uh, Paul is an expert in economics. And, well, I will let him give you his his bona fides and his bona f- and his resume and and let him advise you why he knows what he's talking about. So, Paul, welcome to Devil's Do. Thank you very much for joining us. Sir. Thank you so much for having me. When I hear the name Paul, I feel like so I'm in trouble. Um, <laughs> you've always called me Paul. I go by PJ, but yes, Paul, PJ, whatever. So thanks, Carl. Good to be here. Tell, tell the people um, why, to, basically, I don't want to ask for your resume, but Give us a, a brief rundown of what you do for a living and how you're able to help us tonight. Sure. Um, I'm in my 16th year of uh, being a part owner of a, of a financial planning practice here in Williamsville, New York. Um, we do financial planning for folks, but we manage right now about three quarters of a billion dollars in assets. I sit for the past 16 years, probably three days in my week are on the phone with economists, getting uh, forecasts, uh, macro views on, on current economic conditions so we can understand what the environment's like and help clients make decisions based on their portfolios. So, uh, so yeah, I, I've had a little bit of experience with this. All right. And you are also a fellow lover of many things pop culture, uh, your yes. primary love being James Bond. Yes. Um, and, and we often have, have many conversations uh, during, before, and after our meetings. Um, but let's get into the nitty-gritty. So as I mentioned previously, uh, Warner Brothers announced that their entire 2021 theatrical release will happen uh, as well as theatrical release, but same-day streaming on HBO Max. They're not charging, so far at least we've heard that they're not charging a premium as Disney Plus tried to do with their Mulan release. Um, This was a major announcement that we thought something like this might be coming. Maybe one film here, one film there. But just the sheer scope of this announcement took a lot of us by surprise. So kind of give us a breakdown of how this decision may have been come to and what impact this is going to have, particularly on the theater industry, but on the entertainment industry as a whole. Yeah. I think the decision came, something had to be done. There's so much uncertainty with when are we going to get back to quote normal? Um, and we've seen my, uh, you know, beloved James Bond movie delayed out what twice is it? And yeah. uh, it was originally supposed to come out earlier in the year, then backed up, and then now theoretically in April of next year, I believe. Um, and time is money, and and theaters are pushing back big releases, big big budget blockbusters, uh, which are, I mean, they're getting crushed. Um, so I think 
and I believe I was talking to you, Carl, not too long ago about the, the idea. There was rumors that Apple was trying to buy the rights to the James Bond film, uh, No Time to Die, from uh, Warner. Uh, I'm sorry, from MGM to release, and that was going to be big news. Now, with the news yesterday or a couple days ago, with Warner Brothers literally releasing all of their films next year, set to be released on a streaming service, um, that just blew the door open. Uh, I think we were in the middle of a of a disruption. Historically, when you go and look in industries, there's events that occur that speed up change, and we were already kind of in that. I I was looking at some trends, and I found this very shocking. Ticket sales in movie theaters have been stagnant since 1995. Revenues are going up, but ticket sales are not. And go ahead. Now, when you say stagnant. Is that t- you're taking inflation into account? I'm talking not dollar amount. I'm talking tickets sold for for movies on an annual basis. Going back to 1995, if you had a chart, it would literally be a flat line with a slight decline. Okay, Pre-pandemic, so- obviously. So it was already it was already dying on the vine, so to speak. Um, Revenue from tickets has changed. The cost to go to a movie has obviously gone up exponentially. Um, movie theaters have revamped, tried to revamp the experience. But the home theater, uh, and this is before streaming really uh, came to be, um, flat screen TVs, home theater sound systems have taken off in the past decade. And people, quite honestly, are, are staying home now watching movies. So... What type is for Warner Brothers and the associated production companies that made all these films, what type of loss are they potentially looking at with this decision? So this, there's a, a few scopes here. There's the movie theaters business provides about 150,000 jobs uh, in the United States. Um, it's estimated that by the end of this year, we could lose up to about 69 to 70% of small business theaters permanently. That's, that's an extinction event. Um, that along with streaming services that were already gaining momentum in the, in, as a medium, um, I think are just accelerating this. And I'm a fan of the theater. I lo- There's nothing like going to see James Bond on a Thursday night at midnight. We we saw Skyfall together. Just the the experience of going to see a big blockbuster in the movie theater on the big screen with a live audience. I, I love it, and I don't think that's going away. I just think that's gonna it's gonna be far and few between. And and we're right in the middle of literally a fork in the road. Things are changing, and they're changing fast. Um, everything is going to adapt. It's going to evolve as any industry does. Um, it's not going to stop it. We didn't stop watching movies when blockbusters closed down. We just started streaming them. And the platforms are getting better. Uh, general, And we're also seeing, uh, it, it's, it's crazy how correlated basic or, or um, orthodox cable or, or satellite, how their subscriptions are dropping exponentially along with, well, with what COVID has done with movie theaters, people are now quote, cutting the cord, and now just going to streaming services. Um, my house, my Apple TV is on probably 90% of the time. My direct TV is only on when I'm watching live sports or local news. So um, 
things are changing. You know, economically speaking, it's 150,000 jobs. It'll be abs- it'll be absorbed elsewhere. Um, but 70% of theaters closing permanently is uh, never thought I'd see that happen within a year. How- there- sorry, Carl. No, I'm sorry, Drew. Go ahead. Um, I guess my question would be from the studio standpoint is the trying to how do i want to phrase this uh with with the with the theater business gone and them basically being their sole income being from these streaming services it it all comes back to how many dollars how many subscriptions can they get and how many dollars does that generate for them to make new content netflix runs at a loss which is insane but they do um and they keep cranking out more and more and more and more and more content Movies that we're used to seeing, big blockbusters, are now like $200 million pictures plus. And then add to that marketing budgets and all that business. Um, With the theater revenue gone and relying strictly on subscriptions, and uh, how can we expect a huge budget slashing of what we are accustomed to for, for, for big movies? Like what, what, what's the future of this stuff going to look like? Cause I don't think that I personally just looking at some napkin math, it seems grossly unsustainable to expect what we have seen over the last, you know, however long like, I can't see another $200 million movie happening on a streaming service. Yeah, it's unsustainable, but unfortunately it's going to be the platform it's happening on. And I think, I don't think theaters or, or production companies are going to end up. And obviously this is all speculation. I'm not in the movie business. But I'm a businessman, and I'm trying to think, how would they make this work? The product they're providing, I don't think, can be uh, sacrificed, the quality of it anyways. You have a generation who, lately, it, it almost, these big blockbuster films with effects and so forth, $250, $300 million to pr- produce one of these. And uh, you're going to see some savings, though. I, I was shocked to see how much of that revenue actually was put toward marketing so you figure flying actors and actresses around the world doing premieres um physical advertising billboards and so forth all that can be brought right to your screens now um virtual interviews there are savings there uh what that is specifically i'm not sure it's still expensive to to produce a, a big movie um, but I think ultimately you're going to see the cost passed down on the consumer because the consumer is going to be unwilling to give up, uh, the quality aspect of this. I mean, we've binged that. How many, how many of these superhero movies? I mean, I'm in my glory. I'm 40, I'll be 42. And I, this was not around when I was growing up. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, Marvel, DC every year, there's multiple multiple big name uh character movies that are that are coming out uh or at least there were before this year i mean it was like too good to be true and then it stopped and the world came to a stop um i think you're going to see subscription uh uh packages change i hate to say it are you going to start seeing commercials on netflix um and ads because advertising dollars are huge um i don't know something's going to change uh, but if there's one thing I can promise you, they'll find a way to make the money. They'll find a way to make it up. So as Drew mentioned, Netflix operates at a loss, and that's been their traditional business model for as long as we know. 
how is that? I don't want to just keep rehashing the question. How is that sustainable? But like, how long have they been doing it? And is that a reliable business model for a foreseeable future? So I don't know if they're necessarily running at a net negative or a loss. Um, they're, the productions, they're losing money on the amount of productions. But when you look at their bottom line gross revenue, and again, I'm just going off stock reports and so forth, they're, they're reporting growing revenue streams. Um, so they're picking up subscriptions. Last quarter, subscriptions were down a little bit. Uh, and the stock took a hit on the news of the vaccine because people figured up a vaccine's coming out. And this always happens in the markets, news breaks. And then all of a sudden everyone thinks tomorrow the vaccine's out and we can all, you know, no one's going to watch Netflix anymore. Um, <laughs> Cause no, cause no one watched it before. Yeah. Nobody watched Netflix before the pandemic. Exactly. Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so I think, I think they are making money. I think it's their margins are going to be squeezed with producing more uh, of these, uh, of these big blockbusters and and again they don't have the ticket sales the big pop the impact of the ticket sales at the gate you get at these theaters around the country but they're picking up subscriptions and again you're going to start to see advertising dollars pouring and, and netflix is going to look different they just announced i just got my notice that my subscription is going up three dollars uh starting on january 1st so subscription costs are going up again um and i think you're going to start to see more uh different levels of content they're going to offer. If you want premier access to some of these blockbuster films coming out, you, instead of paying 15 or 17 bucks a month, you might pay 25 or $28 a month. Um, and if those blockbusters or, or new movies that would have been out in theaters aren't important to you, you may be paying your $15 a month and just getting whatever they're providing. So I think you're going to start to see some of the subscription levels change. Um, much like when they first came out, you can have one DVD or you can have two DVDs sent to you. And there is a difference in price. Um, so I think that's going to evolve. But looking at revenues, again, just looking at the, their charts, they are squeezing some profits out. So what? Obviously, I don't think theaters are going to completely hundred percent go away mm -mm. there there's like you mentioned there's going to be a culling of the herd and that's kind of unavoidable what what percentage of domestic theaters do you see like in our area we have a fairly good selection of theaters mm -hmm. um, they're scattered out fairly well geographically um so just using our area, Western York, as an idea, like you've got, you know, the Walden Gallery, Regal, you've got the AMC on Maple, you've got a Regal in Orchard Park, you've got a Regal in, in Buffalo and Elmwood. Like what just kind of looking at that field, how many of those do you see closing and how soon or long do you feel this process is going to take i think this we're probably if if vaccinations go as planned and i promise i won't get political 
Um, but if vaccinations go as planned, and, and they're looking very promising, even with a few hiccups here and there, um, you have two facets. One is when everyone, you know, or enough of the, the population becomes vaccinated, uh, now we have to watch the numbers start to come down in new cases and, and hospitalizations and so forth. That may be, you know, not happen until the fall. Um, we may not be looking at the consumer being confident to go back into theaters, uh, maybe until 2022. Um, so what you may see is you may see a, a lot of permanent closures and theaters go dark for maybe eight to 10 months. But I will tell you this, there's going to be investors out there. They're going to scarf up these theaters who, by the way, most of them have been recently renovated. So a lot of money has been poured into these theaters. Um, with new seating and, and screens and sound and so forth. Um, I still think, while this is a disruptor, I do think we're going to see a resurgence in theaters, uh, not, maybe not the number of theaters, but demand again. Um, it also, if you look at the, the crowd going to these movies, they tend to be younger demographics. If, if you lifted the veil on this today, I guarantee you'd have full theaters or bars or restaurants out in different parts of the city regardless of what's happening with COVID. Um, so I do think there's going to be some pent-up demand when the gates are finally opened. I think you're going to start to see people trickle in um, and maybe a return to normalcy, but that may, that, that may take five to six years before we start to see um, that theater business looking or resembling anything like it used to. Uh, there's also new technologies coming out. Carl, I talked to you the other day about virtual reality. I just got an Oculus Quest 2 for the first time, tried it out, went on Amazon Prime, and I'm sitting in an empty theater by myself watching a movie on whatever screen size I want. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. I still, I love the theater experience, but for a lot of people, as technology keeps improving, you know, the theaters are going to be challenged, but I don't think they're ever going to fully go away. You may just see... Uh, I don't know, maybe half the theaters um, until demand depends, you know, uh, demand picks up and, and warrants them opening more. But if there is enough demand, and I believe there will be down the road once confidence comes back, um, you'll see some theaters reopen or, you know, whether they're existing theaters that have closed or new complexes. Right. So <clears throat> let's. Let's talk about something you want to talk about. Let's talk about some some James Bond. We'll use oh, the, the current James Bond movie as an example. Um, MGM has been hurting for a couple of years now. Big time. Prior, prior to COVID. They've always been like borderline, either going out of business or about to be bought by someone. I I can't confirm this with any official source but last i heard they were shopping the the newest bond film what's the name of it again no no time no to time die. to die no time to die they were shopping it for 600 million dollars yep is it feasible for a streaming service to purchase this like in a lot and show it on their streaming service because in a lot of ways the, the Warner Brothers decision, because Warner Brothers, HBO, it's all the same company. It's all owned by AT&T. So they're kind of shipping their own goods to a different outlet. With MGM, they obviously don't have a streaming service. 
And if this $600 million price tag is, you know, close to being accurate, what is the the possibility of this actually being picked up by a different streaming service and being shown on there? It's very likely. Um, and it may be for more than that. Apple's sitting here as of last week. Apple has $191.8 billion in cash on their balance sheets. So when we see numbers like six, seven hundred million, um, that's daunting to us. They find that in the couch cushions. Mm-hmm. Um, they can throw that up on Apple Plus and, and tweak something if they see it as a as a repeatable business model that could be profitable. They're ready and waiting to do that. They've got plenty of cash to do so. Um, I think you're going to start to see not only the streaming services. I, I'm I'm waiting to see some of these streaming services bought up by some of the big tech companies, i.e. Amazon, Apple. Microsoft may tip their toe into the water, although I haven't read anything yet, um, because this is kind of where the puck is going. Um, there's plenty of, of, of money out there to scarf up these movies, and uh, it, it all depends on, I think, what we're going to see. Warner Brothers was kind of the first. That was a bold move, and I think everyone's going to wait and see how that plays out. If that's successful for HBO Max, then I think all bets are off. Uh, I mean, this, this this was a big deal. But yeah, I think it's very possible that you may see, and, and Apple came very close last month to, to, with the rights, um, and uh, that almost came to fruition. And I know, because I, 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 I'm the guy who wakes up every morning, and the, one of the second things I do is search No Time to Die news and see what's happening with James Bond. Um, and, uh, came very close. So I think it's very feasible for a company to, and it's not just a, a fanboy here wishing it happens. Cause I, I'm impatient. I want to see it. Um, I truly believe that these companies have the money to do that. Um, the problem, the question is, and I don't have that answer is, is a blockbuster of that magnitude on that platform profitable? I guess that's the the big question I have with all these movies. Like, you know, you're, you're saying yeah. they're they're, they're going to they're going to buy a bond movie for seven hundred million, and they might have that money, but I don't see them recouping that money on that movie alone. So, to me, it seems a real off kilter. But I'm sure one of them is crazy enough to to, to do it, <laughs> um, and hope that they can over time retain enough people that they gain from the movie. But uh I'm I'm just big old shrug over here because it, it it's all this is all kind of uncharted territory, but my my, my guts I mean, my guts tell me though it just it doesn't add up. I, I I'm with you, Drew, and and I guess my big question is in any business model, you, you the, the holy grail is recurring revenue. Right, right, right. These these businesses, all right. Let's say they they make another blockbuster and it costs three hundred million dollars. Well, you're hoping to gain new subscribers to make up some of the difference. Right. But the people you already have on your, but once they've subscribed, they're not buying it again with each release. They're already there. Yeah. So you have that revenue. So when's the next one? When's the next wave? Are there that many new subscribers on a monthly and annual basis to make up for the the cost in, in making these big productions? I don't know that. That's why I'm saying, I think you have to find other streams a recurring revenue coming in with advertising dollars and so forth um, yeah, yeah, that to makes... pick up the tab. Otherwise, you know, I've been, a, I've been a Netflix subscriber for, I don't know, 11 years. And 
yes, my, my fee's gone up once in a while, but that's not enough to fund all these blockbusters are coming out with. Right. Right. Um, so it's very interesting. So one thing that Drew and I talked about in recent years is the number, how the number of these services are growing, the streaming services. And obviously you have your, your big, you know, I would say at this point, probably your big four, Netflix, Amazon, Disney, HBO. But now previously you saw like a lot of smaller ones, CBS All Access, Peacock, uh, DC Universe, uh, Marvel mentioned uh, they were doing maybe something, obviously, with the advent of Disney Plus that went by the wayside. Is there, does the market have space for the smaller services, or are they just eventually being born to be food for the bigger services? It could be the latter. Um, I don't know how they're going to maintain, or you know, if if one inevitably, whether it's we're talking streaming services or grocery stores, if you have a little fish in a big pond, who all of a sudden starts scarfing up market share, the big fish is going to swallow them up and just make them their own. So you're going to see consolidating streaming services and joining forces. You know, I'm waiting the day for like Encore and Showtime and all these. Uh, satellite uh, cable channels to just merge and, and, and put their library together. Because um, otherwise, I don't know how they're going to survive. Hmm. All right. Um, do, you, do you have any good news for us? <laughs> 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 Give us, I, I don't want you to obviously you do this for a living and you, uh, you got to eat too. So I don't want you giving away your livelihood, but no, no, you no. Could, could share, share with us some, some good news and, and some positive outlook on what we have going forward, not just in, in this area, but in, in the larger, uh, economy, domestic and globally as a whole. Well, I got it. I'll, I'll sum it up real quick in order to, to understand. And this is, I promise going to be positive. But in order to be positive, you have to you have to realize where we've come from. So the downturn we saw in early 2020 was the sharpest and worst economic and market decline in United States history. And this is my one uh, Jeopardy question I ask all my clients. You probably don't even remember, Carl, but I ask in meetings (laughs) under what president was the stock market created under? Drew, do you know? Um, I don't actually know. Okay. It's George Washington. And you have to realize that the, the U S economy has survived a civil war, two world wars, presidential assassinations, terrorist attacks, uh, presidential administrations, protests, you name it. It just keeps marching on. And this was the first time in history that the global market literally turned off overnight. And unless you were selling toilet paper or groceries, I mean, you were, you were struggling and and things got hit hard. That is something that they call a technical recession. It's not normal. They tend to be very violent and quick. The last one we had was Pearl Harbor. So this, these don't come around every year. This is like a once in a century event. So not even nine 11 triggered it. 
9-11 was a drop in the bucket compared to what we just went through. Um, the Great Depression was the worst economic, met from, a, from a measurement standpoint prior to 2020, was the worst economic period we've ever seen. Our GDP bottomed out at minus 18% during the Great Depression. That's our country's growth rate. In June of this year, our GDP hit minus 36%. Blew right through the Great Depression numbers. The reason here's the positive news. Technical recessions tend to be very violent, but they're but they're quick. And the economy was so was was so strong going into this. We were not ready to go into a recession. This happened because an event occurred, kicked us off our bikes, put us on our backs. We're coming out of it quicker. And the markets are hitting all-time highs. The economy, people are starting, were before the second wave, we're starting to go back to work. We now have a vaccine. This is going to be the fastest we've ever seen a vaccine brought forth. I mean, it's amazing what humanity can do when it works together. And it truly is. And we believe we're going to see a fairly decent 2021. Um, once we can get this behind us, I mean, if anything, I believe things happen for reasons. And this made us miss the little things like, you know, going places. <laughs> and uh, I can go to get a bite to eat with my kids. I started to go see Sabre games with my son before all this. Um, and I think you're going to see a lot of people, those who can, those who survived this, are going to want to go out and do things because a they're afraid it's going to happen again and they want to get it in and two we've been we've been we've been pent up for a while there are going to be a lot a large portion of the population that's going to be afraid to go out for a little while and that's going to happen but we as americans have short memories and we're going to get over this and you know a few years from now uh we're going to be looking <laughs> much like probably we were before things will have always changed i remember there was life prior to 9-11 and life after. Um, things are going to look different now going forward. You know, you're going to have sneeze guards everywhere and, and um, you know, uh, they'll be distancing if there's rumors of a virus overseas here and there. Just, we're going to be gun shy for a while, but we're going to get back to life. And uh, the good news is, though, that the financial sectors and businesses were in the best shape they'd been in in 80 years going into this. It's not like we were teetering on a recession going into this. We were in very strong footing. And the consumer counts for 80% of our, of our country's growth rate. So I believe still, based on the metrics I'm seeing, if people can get back to work and the unemployment rate has skyrocketed back and we're still down, but it's come way back from where it was in June. Um, and they're already forecasting for growth late fourth quarter this year, uh, early first quarter next year. So. It, you know, we got through it. And I would say, and I don't want to say this too loud, it's 2020. And if a, if, if a sea monster crawled out of the Gulf and started attacking Florida, I'd be like, that's about right. It's December. We're right on cue. Um, we've literally faced the worst scenario we could have seen economically, and we survived it. And I think we're, it, it, I think the worst is behind us. And I'm not trying to say that too loudly, but I believe the worst is behind us. All right. So, and, and you, uh, as we stated, you are an expert in these things. So, I'm I'm gonna, gonna take you at your word. If it gets worse than this, I'm blaming you. That's fine. Um, <laughs> you know where to find me. <laughs> yeah. 
So, okay, before we get you out of here, uh, let's talk a little No Time to Die. What do you want from this film, PJ? You are the biggest Bond fan I know. I made this call last year when I saw the first trailer. Um, what's the actor's name who's playing the villain? Uh, uh, oh, Rami Malek. Rami Malek. My prediction is he becomes Dr. No. The whole thing has got a Dr. No type of feel to it. With the island, he's got that weird uh, futuristic room in his lair. I, I'm guessing they're going to go with, they did Blofeld. I'm guessing you're going to see Dr. No in this. All right. You heard it here. <laughs> I just hope, I just hope this isn't a Diamonds Are Forever movie for Daniel Craig. I hope, I wanted to see him go out on top. You know, it's it's cliche to say Connery's the best Bond. I'm a Bond geek. But truly, I believe Daniel Craig is something special. And he's been amazing in that role. And I just don't want to see him with a, uh, with a oh, he should have gone out two movies ago. So I hope he finish, finishes on a strong note. I hope, it's a, I hope it's a decent film. I really do. Yeah, it's, it's going to be hard not having Daniel Craig and James Bond anymore. Cause he has spoiled me for all other bonds. Like they just, they just seem camping quaint next to the Daniel Craig bonds. The Roger Moore era was unwatchable and I'm a bond fan. They're horrible. And it, Timothy Dalton, I felt as though it was a pretty good bond with some good movies. Um, but it fell short. I really, you know, in my teenage years and, and in college fell in love with Pierce Brosnan. Although the last, it just kept jumping the shark with the last two. And the Daniel Craig one just grounded everything and just brought it back and added a grittiness to it. And, and I, I also read the books. And Daniel Craig, aside from the hair color, is the closest physical depiction of what Ian Fleming wrote. Um, so I just, yeah, I fell in love with him as Bond. I'm going to be sad to see him go. Very interested to see who they're going to replace him with. I know there's been rumors. Um, Tom Hardy's name has been out there. Uh, very interesting to see who they're going to replace him with. All righty. Uh, Drew, do you have anything for our guest? Uh, no, we've covered, uh, we've covered a lot of ground and, uh, I got some, I got some, uh, good information and, uh, had some questions answered and, uh, yeah, this is all going to be very interesting going forward. So, uh, thank you for, uh, helping us out and help us get, uh, get our heads around this. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Yeah, thank you for coming, uh, PJ. Let the people know if people are interested in retaining your services and getting some guidance um, for financials, let the people know how they can contact you and how they can uh, you know, retain your services. Sure, thank you. Yep, we're right online, uh, buffalowealthpartners.com. Uh, all one word, buffalowealthpartners.com is our practice's website. You can Google PJ DePiro, and usually I'm the first uh, uh, result right on top. Um, and our office number is 716-565-3880. Give us a call if you have any questions. Love the chat. All right. PJ, thank you so much for stopping by. We appreciate it, and we'll talk to you again soon. Okay, guys. Thank you. Okay, folks, that is going to do it for us this week on Devil's Due. It's been a crazy week, a lot of fun stuff, a lot of good information. We want to thank, again, uh, Paul DePiro for coming on to the show. 
sharing a lot of good information with us. Whenever we can get an expert on the show like that, obviously we like to try and do it. Um, we've got a great show coming up for you next week with uh, special guests. The owners of Pulp 716 Comics will be on the show, and we're going to talk a lot about some really cool stuff, and we'll be covering the Star Wars announcements from the Disney investor meeting uh, that happened yesterday. So, that being said, if you would like to reach out to us, contact with us, send us any emails that will eventually be right on the show, I promise. You can find us at the following social media locations. You can follow us on Twitter at Devil's Do Pod. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Devil's Do Pod. You can email us at the Devil's Do Pod at gmail.com. Or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the Devil's Do Podcast.com. Drew, that being said, any closing thoughts? Jesus, Carl, we didn't even talk about like video game up news so much there's so much uh, so much going on <laughs> folks there there's a remastered ghost and goblins coming to Nintendo oh. switch so in case you've forgotten how to hate ghost and goblins is back to, to remind you how to hate remind me to remind me to remind you next episode something else got teased and i don't know how to feel about it yet so maybe maybe by next week i'll have my 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 thoughts in order so remind me to remind you I shall. It's it's right. near and dear to me, so we'll get there. I don't want to talk about it now. All right. So uh, All right. no closing thoughts. Um, I need I need a nap. What a what a <laughs> <laughs> what a week. What a what a week. What a what a past couple of days. My God. Yeah. It's a uh, it's been a pleasant change of pace uh, from what 2020 has been. Disney, you got so, you got you got to give us a heads up next time. My God. Yeah, you got like warned us. Um, all right so folks as always we appreciate you joining us we hope you stay safe stay healthy uh, you know happy hanukkah if you are celebrating uh yeah have have a good time and we will talk to you again soon